This is episode 173 of the Beyond the Food Show, and today we're talking weight loss. Yep, I'm going there. I'm going there because you asked for it. So you want to lose weight? This is a must-listen episode. This is going to be divided in two part, and it's going to supersede any other episode that I've ever done on weight loss. Ready? Stay tuned. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. This is a great moment. I wouldn't be any happier right now if I was skinnier, if my body looked different. It's truly been a beautiful process. This has been life-changing, and I am really grateful that I didn't wait another year. If you think that you're going to come into this and lose 20 pounds and eat perfectly for the rest of your life, then it's the wrong thing. But if you think you're going to come into this and have a life-changing experience, then it's worth every penny and more. The Going Beyond the Food Academy is the result of a lifelong journey in searching for my solution. All along, the solution was right there in front of me. And it's also right there for you, inside of you. You just want to eat normally, have a normal body, perhaps weigh less. You're looking for the solution to eat less, stop overeating, perhaps binging, maybe stop the endless desire to eat what is forbidden the sugar craving and you keep searching, searching for the answer as to why your body doesn't want to collaborate with you and you've tried it all. Willpower, discipline, mental strength, over-exercising, all the diet while shaming yourself and your body in hope that it would give you what you so desperately desire. What I desired the most, I thought, was weight loss, but really what I wanted was to fit in to be accepted, to be loved, to be happy unconditionally. What I didn't realize during the 25 years of dieting was that suffering was not necessary. That the answer was right there inside of me. But I refused to see it and accept it because it didn't fit with what I was told the solution was. The Going to Beyond the Food Academy is a 14-week journey towards creating and discovering your own solution. Think of it as the university-level course that will teach you what you need to know to finally get what you desire the most. The Going Beyond the Food Academy is a lifetime program that will show you what you need to heal why you eat because that's the real issue and we'll teach you a new way of engaging with food from a place of intuition resulting in a brand new way of how to eat the outcome of the going beyond the food academy is what you eat becomes normal easy and simple 
ditching dieting and becoming a normal eater. So if you're ready to step into a new version of yourself, be empowered by me as your teacher in our amazing community to make the change you know you need to make. Head over to stephaniedolze.com slash academy right now. So the academy has helped me figure out, like you said, feel it, don't fight it. Actually know that if I feel my feelings, I'm going to survive. It's going to be okay. I can sit with those and nothing bad is going to happen to me. Welcome in, ladies. Stephanie here. I have a little bit of a congestion in my nose, so my voice may sound different, and you understand now why. FYI, this is part one of part two episode 173 and 175. So if you've tripped over this episode, know that you must be looking for part two. And the topic is, do you want to lose weight? And that's a simple title. And I want you to be prepared for this episode and have an open mind. So let me put this out there right now. If you are a first time listener to the podcast and you have come onto this episode with the desire to lose weight and want to hear about the latest diet, the latest fasting technique or the macro count or any kind of restriction or food guidance or exercise guidance, this is not what you're going to get right? This is not the context of this episode. So you can stop listening right now. There's no point of continuing because this is not what you're going to hear. What we're going to talk about is what you need to consider in your desire to lose weight. For the long-term listener, this is not going to be a surprise to you. It's a very in-depth mental, emotional, and spiritual approach that I put forward in every episode. And this is going to continue when we talk about weight loss. I have done a lot of learning, a lot of research, a lot of introspection, and this is my latest point of view on weight loss that we're going to dissect in the course of the next two episodes. Before we start, For those that are listening live, there's two events this month in our community. Number one, we do have a information session, an open house on our signature coaching program, the Going to Beyond the Food Academy, that is happening on January 15th. You can register using the link in the show notes. If you've missed it and you want to know, just email us and we'll send you a recording of the latest info session. We also have our monthly live training. This is free and it's happening January 22nd. And the title of this workshop is in line to what we're going to talk about today. Smart women don't diet. Here's what they do instead. It's not about what, how, and when we eat, rather why we urge to eat. You'll learn to be confident in your body right now without having to lose any weight. You can register to that in the link in the show note. Ready to do this, girls? Let's talk about weight loss. If you've ever wanted to lose weight, if you have gone through a weight loss journey before, 
if you're considering a weight loss journey, this episode is for you. I'm going to level up on the fundamental point here before we go further. No one wakes up one morning wanting to be fat, wanting to carry extra weight, or not be able to lose weight. We want to be normal. That is a basic, intrinsic human need. On the pyramid of Maslow, being accepted by our tribe is a fundamental need. Our tribe is the community we live in, our partner, our friends, society, workplaces. We want to be accepted. And part of this acceptation we associate with our weight, our body image. The second point I want to level up is all of us are ready to do the work that is being told to us that we need to do to lose weight. I don't believe in willpower. I don't believe in being broken or self-discipline. You have to park that aside as you're listening to this podcast. You want to do the work, yet it's not working. For most of us in this community, this desire to be, quote, normal weight, end of quote, I don't believe in normal weight, but that's how we language it. This desire to be normal weight has gone two way. We did lose weight at some point in the past, but it didn't stick. So we're back at it again on the wagon. Or another portion of our community is we've not yet attempted to lose weight because we're so afraid of change and or failure that we are, quote, stuck. That's the main two group of this community. And the question to be asked is, why is it that we can't achieve and do what we desire so badly? That is the question we're going to answer throughout this podcast and podcast 175. The truth is, so two part of our mind, conscious and subconscious, at a conscious level, you want to lose weight. We know that you want it. There's no doubt in that. Yet at a subconscious level, you are likely not wanting to lose weight. What? Like, what are you saying, Stephanie? No, no, I want to lose weight. I know, I get it. You want to lose weight at a conscious level, which unfortunately is only 10% of your mental capacity. Your conscious brain is only about 10% of your mental capacity. 90% of your mental capacity is subconscious. So there's a disconnect in your mind from a conscious to a subconscious place. I want you to consider this. Is it possible that your fat, quote, extra weight, unquote, is actually serving you or protecting you and or helping you cope with pain or fear? What if your body fat is protecting you from, say, being attractive or having to engage in intimacy or situation in your life or with a partner? What if you find a relief in food, in overeating, in binging from 
pain, fear, stress in your life? What if your, quote, size is making you feel safe somehow? Is that the reason why subconsciously you are not able or not want to lose weight? There is something holding you back from doing what you were told to do to lose weight. Self-sabotage is that behavior happens for a reason. And no, it's not because you're broken. It's not because you don't have enough self-discipline or willpower. This is all BS. I know there's children listening. I'm not going to use other language, but trust me, I wish I could. Self-sabotage happens because we want to stay safe in our current state, what I call my comfort zone, and we want to avoid a potential threat in the uncomfortable zone that the state of being thinner, losing fat would bring forward. That is why we self-sabotage. Self-sabotage resides within your subconscious mind. All of this mechanic doesn't happen consciously. It's all of a background tape that's playing in the back of your head in that subconscious mind. Accessing your subconscious mind and uncovering why you feel unsafe, changing habits, taking care of yourself, or losing weight is key to prevent having to white knuckle your way through temporary results, which the vast majority of you listening have done before. You've dieted, you've worked hard, and you got results, but for a short term. Could be a year, two years, three years, maximum five years. That's where the stats are. 95% of people that have lost weight will regain it all within one to five years. So you're not alone. So understanding that, understanding that the reason why you can't achieve your goal is because it's buried in your subconscious mind, accessing that part of your mind and accessing why you feel unsafe is essential in finding your way that is going to work for you to lose weight. Now, this is what we do in my work. Going beyond the food is exactly that, is uncovering why you feel unsafe, accessing your subconscious mind, learning to cope with your emotion. All of that technique of that subconscious behavior, that behavioral pattern around food is within all of our program. If you want a flavor of it, if you want to get a couple of basic skills around that, the first thing I would get you to do is to listen to our free audio training. The link to that will be in the show note. And it talks about those subconscious reasons why we are being engaged in eating behavior that aren't aligned to where we want to be. The other piece around this subconscious nature of why we're holding on to weight or not 
changing the habits or taking care of ourselves that will lead to a potential, and we'll talk about that, potential weight loss is also because the information we are being served as far as how to lose the weight and why we should want to lose weight is false. And I've talked about that number of time on previous podcasts. Basically, we are told that it's about what we eat. It's about when we eat. It's about how we eat. And if we can get that straight, we will get the result that we want and we will be healthy and happy. That's what we're being told today. No matter what the name of the diet is, it's irrelevant. The underlying bottom messages to anything, vegan, keto, paleo, recently, Jillian Michaels, whatever the thing is, it's let's teach you or let's give you the rules around what, when, and how. And then the outcome is health and happiness. Life will be perfect once you do my program. You'll be healthy and you'll be happy. The problem is that is false. Now, this is where some of you will start to get triggered. So I want to put this caution, this PSA here. What I'm about to share next is controversial because it goes against everything we are told. And the trigger, the anger, the frustration you may feel is actually a good thing. So if you can stick with me, be open-minded and understand that this being quote triggered, this frustration that you feel is actually a sign from your subconscious mind that there is something for you there to look into, to consider, to learn about. Being trigger is a sign that we need to learn something. So with that in mind, I'm going to talk about the equation that we are being sold that when we lose weight, we will be healthy. That weight loss guarantees health. That a healthy diet, quote unquote, guarantees a healthy weight. All the studies behind my statement that I'm about to make next can be found in the show note. There's an extensive number of studies behind all of that. I've attached two very simple document that you can download their PDF with links to the study. So if you're someone who has, has a scientific mind or you're a professional listening to this, go check out the studies on both health at every size and intuitive eating. Just like I said in the beginning, there's millions of other women who want to lose weight because they want to live a longer, healthier life and they want to be happy. The truth is weight is not an indication of health. Normal weight in the North American system being described as BMI, a normal BMI, doesn't guarantee you to be healthy and to live longer. Studies rarely acknowledge factor like fitness, activity, sleep, nutrient intake, 
weight cycling, quote, yo-yo dieting, loss and gain weight. That's what we refer to as weight cycling. Environmental factors such as exposure to toxins, socioeconomic status, when considering the connection between weight and disease. Yet, all of those factors play a role in our health status. When study do control for all those incremental factors, increased risk of disease, disappear, or is significantly reduced. What is likely going on here is that these other factors increase disease risk at the same time they increase the risk of weight gain. So bottom line is when we read statement in the media or in paper that says that health status, cardiovascular health status, high blood pressure are associated with weight, we then make the claim that if we have a normal weight, we'll have a normal blood pressure and normal cardiovascular health. And the key word here is associated or often used in study correlation. Associated and correlation means that the status of the weight is just another factor not the causation of the health status of the cardiovascular health of the high blood pressure or whatever health other status we're talking about. So there is a significant difference between causation and or correlation and association. And bottom line is there is not one study that determined that weight cause a health status to go up or down. The next piece about life expectancy, almost all studies indicate people in the overweight or moderately obese category live as long as or longer than people in the normal weight category. I know, shocker, right? What's happening in those studies is they're taking both end of the scale, the significantly underweight people and the morbidly obese people, and they're extrapolating their life expectancy to say, well, if the morbidly obese people are having a shorter life expectancy, anyone that is overweight is having this life expectancy, when in fact... When you look at the details, it is not the case. So what does affect health? What do we know causes a reduction in health, a reduction in lifespan? Weight cycling. Weight cycling, which is going up and down in weight, most often achieved by dieting, diets, is associated with a higher risk of death. Also, many studies show that dieting is a strong predicator of future weight gain. So your weight does not guarantee you to be healthy, but on the other side, 
dieting, weight cycling, yo-yo dieting will affect your lifespan. It is an association with people that have a shorter life. Why? Because going up and down in weight is traumatic to your body. Now, I'm not arguing that we encourage weight gain in order to improve health or that body weight is irrelevant to health. It is clear that the threat caused by our weight has been exaggerated and that the benefit of weight loss has been misinterpreted and again, exaggerated at both extreme body weight and affects health. But the vast majority of us fall in the middle. And the damage caused by weight cycling on the physical body and the dieting behavior on our emotion and mental health is far greater and has a bigger long-term impact on our behavior, therefore, in our health. Dieting has caused many of us in this community extensive collateral damage. Vast amount of stress due to food and body preoccupation, self-hatred, weight cycling, weight discrimination, poor health, and in some case, eating disorder. The truth is that humans are naturally wired to maintain healthy weight. Now, what is healthy to you? What is healthy to me? What is healthy to the person next to you is vastly different. And there is a metabolic process called set point. Set point is what your body does to maintain this healthy weight, therefore ensure our survival. Our body believes through the set point mechanism that our weight will ensure our survival. The more we try to manipulate this human mechanism, this human metabolism through forced weight loss and dieting, the further we actually ever get to the exact goal of health. Because we're putting the body through, we're trying to white knuckle our way through a lower weight that the body believes to be healthy based on our life circumstance and all the factor we talked about earlier. We're trying to white knuckle to beat our body up into a place that is not natural for us at this time in our life. Here's the trick. The further length of time in which we have attempted to do that, therefore dieting and weight loss strategy, the more our set point is affected. The more you cycle up and down, the more your set point is dysregulated and likely keeping extra fat on your body to protect you from all the trauma around weight loss, dieting, and body shaming, and mental and emotional health, or in some cases, not keeping fat at all, throwing you in the underweight category. Now, this category tends to not be my listener, but that's also the case for them. So let's not judge either one as good or bad. It's the same mechanism for those people. So when our body feels unsafe, it will do everything that it can to keep you safe and allow you to survive. 
So what can you do if we're not chasing weight loss, but we desire to live a healthy and long life, understanding everything that I just talked about? What we do is we chase health instead of weight loss. Chasing health will require you to be concerned with, and not exclusively, stress reduction, mental, emotional, spiritual health, clearing negative mental chatter, managing your emotion, improving your sleep quality and quantity, self-care, self-compassion, otherwise known as self-love. As much as you are concerned with food and exercise. So if weight cycling is causing us more harm than health, and if dieting is causing collateral damage, if health isn't a consequence of a normal weight and weight loss, and we have the courage to go against what is being told to us, what is, quote, politically correct, we look up the study, we get around that, and we agree to it, then why are we still wanting to diet and chase weight loss? Because that is what's happening out there. And I see it when we start a new cohort, a student in the academy all the time. Part of the process is we ask our student to park weight loss on the side for the journey of the program so they don't have to worry about this And for a great percentage, this is an extremely difficult decision and in some cases impossible to do. Although they know everything that I just talked about because we go over that in the first couple of weeks, they still don't want to give up their desire to lose weight and dieting. So the question then is, why? Why do we still seek it if we know that's not going to give us health. So we can no longer say, I'm dieting because I want to be healthy, because it's not the truth. You can be healthy without dieting, without losing weight. Studies are showing it. I'm a living, walking proof of that. I'm in the top 5% of health, and I'm overweight according to BMI. I've always been overweight my entire life, even at my lowest weight, Even when I was 180 pounds, which was a size six pants, I was still overweight according to BMI. Now, I'm six foot tall. I have a large body frame. I'm very muscular. So I never fit in that BMI, yet I'm healthy. So to ask this question of you right now, I'm not expecting an answer right away because it does require a lot of self-reflection and it requires us to be abruptly honest with ourselves and understanding our desire to lose weight and where does it come from. Here's the answer that most women that I came up with that society teaches us. That a thinner body equals happiness. From an early age, we've been taught to despise fat. Our culture tells us that the size of our body define our merits as a person. This message is intensely communicated daily to us via marketing, via social media, supermodel, beauty industry. 
Yet every culture has its own standard of beauty, which has changed dramatically over time. Beauty standard actually is a reflection of the political and economic interests at the time. In first world country, North America more precisely, tinness first came to vogue in 1830. Before that, the female body was never tin. It was round. It had a belly. It had breasts. It had butt. It had ties. But in 1830, with the advance of publishing, drawing in magazine and the beginning of print paper and the beginning of what we call the retail industry and the marketing technique, it came to be that what was desired was a tin body. The truth is your physical body doesn't represent you, your core self. There are many other important things beyond your body. Example, you could be a compassionate person, an intelligent person, an articulate, a creative. You have many other qualities than just your body. Your body doesn't define you. Yet, we give it that power. We choose to obey by those current rules that said that we should all desire a tin body. And then when we get there, we're going to look like the model in the marketing and social media. We're going to be happy and we're going to have everything that we've ever wanted. Here's the truth. This power is a choice because we now understand that being tin does not mean healthy. So then we are simply left with this belief that tinness equals happiness, that the aesthetic is the most important aspect of who we are. And the weight loss in the diet industry thrives on that power that we choose to engage into. Diets assume that we are not good enough as we are currently right? That our body is not good enough, that we need to change our body. And to do so, we need to deprive ourselves to atone for our sins of overindulgence, of lack of willpower, lack of self-discipline. Dieting keeps us focused on our perceived flaw on the physical body as being this supreme power in our life. And somehow it's convincing us that self-criticism will serve as a motivation for weight loss and or avoidance of weight regain. Dieting teaches to discard internal cue, what we call in our world intuition, and instead rely on external cue, books, meal plans, guru, macro ratio, diet, keto, paleo, to know what to eat and what our body should look like. The diet industry relies on this powerful consequence to keep us hooked on their product, service, and the belief that tinness equals happiness. The longer you've been dieting, the deeper this diet mindset 
is encoded in your mind, in your body. Dieting teaches us to live in a state of fear. The act of dieting is the primary cause of distorted relationship to food. So if you're struggling with overeating, emotional eating, binging, it is because of the state of fear that you live in and because it was taught through you by dieting. And it causes stress and cruel inner dialogue and a ton of body shaming. Dieting causes a lot of mental and emotional pain, yet it's optional because you can be healthy, you can be happy without being thin. By design, diet gives rise to perfectionism and promote this superhuman expectation. And with time, this part of our personality that comes from dieting seeps through our entire life. That's why we see women about 40 in our academy that have this hardcore all or nothing mindset paired with this desire to overperform their overworking, they're overgiving, they're over people pleaser because of this perfectionism that dieting has taught them. What is the solution? Accepting your body while you're focusing on chasing health. And again, health doesn't equal weight. Weight is part of the determining factor of health among many others. In our world, we teach something called body neutrality, which is the safe bridge between what dieting has taught us, which is body shaming as a mean of motivation, and what we're currently seeing in in society, which is body positivity. Body neutrality is that gap between the two. It's a mindfulness approach to healing body image that creates acceptance for what is. Accepting your body while chasing your health will free you of the mental and emotional suffering of body hatred and lead you to make happier and healthier choices. And again, there is data and science supporting this. Because for many of you, the thought of accepting your body leads you to a place of even more suffering when in fact, when you do it, and anyone who has done the process of accepting their body can testify to that, you feel so much better and are making healthier choices. The study that will be linked in the show note was published in the Journal of Obesity and found that there was no link between body weight and the way we feel about ourselves, meaning that we can feel confident at any weight. Yet the findings showed a link between how we feel about ourselves and the activity we engage with, meaning the better we feel about our body, the more likely we are to take care of our body by eating well, by being active, by cleaning up our relationship, 
environmental exposure to toxin and so forth and so forth and so forth. You will make healthier, more consistent decision if you accept your body and you're not in a constant state of suffering. Love always wins. No matter which spiritual belief you hold, the commonality between all religion is love. Why would it be different with the way we engage with our body? Why would we need pain, suffering, and fear to have a healthy body? Why would that be? That's what the diet and the weight loss industry thrives on when in fact what wins is love. So how does one person focus on our health while accepting our body? What do we need to do to, again, chase our health with multitude of factor while accepting our body? What does that look like? That's what we're going to talk about in part two. I know. I'm cutting you right now to that action part of it, but I want you to reflect on everything that I just talked about. Because if you don't, you will not be able to appreciate the solution in part two. What we talked about right now is all about mindset, perspective, and education. So here's a couple steps for you. I want you right now to, if you've understood everything that I just talked about, cool, go check the material in the show note and do some journaling, some intuitive writing, some reflection. If this whole thing is like mind-blowing, then re-listen to this episode a second and a third time till it starts to make sense. Then go read the documentation in the show notes and reflect. And ask yourself the deep question, why am I chasing weight loss? And then we'll come back in part two in show 175 with the reflection that you've done. And also with what can we do to chase health without having to shame our body. If you want to share with me your thoughts on social media, Instagram or Facebook, I'll be happy and very passionately engaging into your answer. Just a reminder that our coaching program, our Going Beyond the Food Academy, is now open for registration. So if you've listened to this podcast and you say, oh my God, that's what I kind of thought for myself. I don't know how to get there. Come over, check us out. The link is in the show notes. You can also come to our information session, but that's what we do. We don't talk about diet. We don't talk about food. We play and teach you how to look at your health, your weight, your relationship into your body in a completely new manner. So I'll see you over in episode 175. I love you and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. Do you wish your relationship to food and perhaps your body was easier? Do you wish you could make peace with food and your body? Most women will describe the state of being as having food freedom. And likely you've tried potentially everything to get there. And you are certain 
that something is seriously wrong with you. Maybe you're thinking that more restriction has to be the solution. I get it, and trust me, I've been there too for almost 27 years. You see, what most struggling women never ever realize is that how you engage with food in your body has little to do with food itself. Sadly, most women rely on outdated strategy like restriction and willpower and discipline as their solution. Things like the black and white mindset, the diet pills, the cheat day to control their urges. But you and I know that has nothing to do with food freedom. So that's why I want to share with you the assessment that I use in my clinic with my one-on-one client to identify what is holding them back from food freedom. And quite frankly, it's different from anything you've done before. I've created the Food Freedom Score, this assessment tool to give you an idea of where you should be focusing on. During this quiz, I'm going to take you through 10 simple yes or no questions that will allow you to assess the sticky point with your relationship with food and your body. Plus, I'll coach you at the end on specific steps you need to take to move forward to get your food freedom. So if you're ready to step into a new version of yourself and create a new relationship with food and your body, head over to stephaniedoze.com slash quiz and I'll see you on the other side.